0: Hello, viewers. Once again, it's me, Ed Edwin Norman, and this is my channel. It pays to fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose. The three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The Grace of God. However, before I get into that, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy, and while that tune is playing, you can go ahead and subscribe, and also click the notification bell so that you can be notified when we make our next videos. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, the grace of God. The grace of God has been talked about in a lot of places in the Bible, and it's even been described as the thing that is required for our salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast." Ephesians chapter 2, and verses 8 and 9. The grace of God is like an open plate. Anybody who is really interested in it can go pick from it, but the grace of God is not just like that in all of its levels, because the grace of God has its own levels in each and every category. Starting off with, there is the first level of the grace of God, which has really appeared to everybody, and that is the ransom sacrifice, because Jesus Christ Paid that to ransom the total of humanity from sin if they were to worship God. If we read Titus chapter 2, verse 11, when St. Paul was talking about, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, that was the ransom sacrifice because he died for humanity's sins. We couldn't redeem ourselves if we read Psalms chapter 49 in verses 6 and 7. They that trust in their wealth, and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him." And God said, okay, because of my love for mankind and to give them grace, I'm going to sacrifice my son. And of course, we all know that he did that, which is why Jesus Christ was described in Comparison to Moses as Moses brought laws, but Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. If read John chapter 1 and verses 14 and 17. And whether we believe in that or not, it's still the grace that has come to all humanity: Jews and Gentiles of all given races, of all given colors, etc. And St Paul also talking about this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4 specifically how there's the grace of God that goes to everybody because God would have loved if everybody could be saved had stated for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth but like I said the grace of God is not equal it comes in its different levels and Really, some of them have some people have more access to levels of the grace of God than others, because there is also the grace of God that goes to people that sort of elects them to play a very important role. Specifically, the apostles or the saints, the prophets, they had a special kind of grace because not everybody could obviously participate in that class. For example, in Genesis chapter 12, from verses 1 to 3, we see that God made a very special promise to Abraham. There are very few people in the history of mankind, especially according to the Bible, that have gotten that kind of promise and revelation from God, and that was the grace that Abraham got. We see that the grace of God came to him, and he accepted it, and he was the father of all the Jews, or the Israelites at the time. The promise of Genesis chapter 15 fulfilled, with the Israelites moving out of the land of Egypt, and they were established in Canaan, fulfilling everything God had to do with Abraham. Then, of course, with the apostles and saints, those people are chosen by grace. They were redeemed from among men. If we read Revelation chapter 14, verse 4, because God wanted a cabinet, ordained a cabinet to be with Jesus Christ. And I explained this in my video Will You Go to Heaven? In Psalm chapter forty five verse two, David the Psalmist talking about the grace that the apostles had, had stated, Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. The whole of Psalms chapter 45 is about the marriage of the king, the marriage that God had arranged for his son, and the wives being the saints. If you read that, Revelation chapter 14, verse 4, and also chapter 19, from verses 6 to 8. And this was also talked about in the parable of the wedding garment or the wedding banquet, or even sometimes called the parable of the guests. In Matthew chapter 22, from verses 1. 14 Moses was also called to play a very important role because of course he was going to be the one to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and that was why God had gave him the grace to be taken through the life of a shepherd for 40 years to prepare him to play that important role if we read Acts chapter 7. Verse 30. And of course, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Saint Paul, of course, was one of the gang of the predestinated apostles. Ephreate Romans chapter 8 and verses 29 and 30, and Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, had stated, "...but by the grace of God I am what I am. And the grace which was bestowed in me was not in vain. For I laboured more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me." Like I said, the grace of God comes to people in different levels, and St. Paul had quite a large dose of that indeed. Then, the grace of God can come into a lower form to those who have the right character, and that's something that I must emphasize people who count themselves out of the grace of God, people who do not have the right DNA for the grace of God, God doesn't really mind those people. He lets them live their lives. They're like the way the Israelites saw the Gentiles. They just live their lives, and they do the normal thing. But people who have the right characters, people who are humble, they're disciplined, God goes to such people, and the grace of God comes to that, and it acts within them. For example, if we read Matthew chapter 11, in verses 25 and 26, we saw the kind of people that the teachings of Jesus Christ would bring. There were people of high character, high value, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Scribes, even though Nicodemus had acknowledged that he was the Son of God, of course, there were very few of those people. And in those two verses, he stated, "'I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because now has hid these things from the wise and prudent, and has revealed them, are to babes, even so, father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. If you also read the history of the Thessalonians and what St. Paul said about them, we can see the same thing. But specifically in chapter two, verse thirteen, he told them, "But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren." Beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Because of their good character, God, knowing them aforetime, had put their grace in them so that He could have them as a place to start for the Christian church, because it was really beginning at that point. And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, it also talks about Noah who was very humble, who was disciplined, and somebody who didn't really care. About about what others thought, considering his relationship with God, and because of that, he found grace in God's sight. It's very important that we keep this in mind. But many people who hear this, especially those who don't really want to worship God at all, will just be like, oh, okay, so I don't have the grace of God, then maybe when I just have the grace of God, I'll start doing something different but the Bible has made provisions to understand this, because God does not just pick people, and then the others, He just leaves them. People who are poor in spirit, who yearn to have a taste of the grace of God, God does not forget such ones. After all, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I talked about this in my video, Blessed the poor spirit, that was essentially the entire sermon. But, an example of somebody who was in this condition, to help us understand this a little more, was the story of Ruth, because Ruth was very diligent, and not only diligent, but she was dedicated, and that was why she stuck with Naomi. There was nothing Naomi could say or do, because she was an old woman, of course, that could make Ruth leave. Or Pat, her sister-in-law, had just decided to leave, but Ruth said, I am going to stick with you, and there is nothing that you're going to do to make me leave, and I'm going to die with you, and wherever you're going, I'm going, etc., in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. And I talked about this in some form in my video, the story of Ruth, where that was a big part of the talk. But because of Ruth's yearning, to be with Naomi, God did not leave Ruth empty. She eventually met Boaz, who would be not only her future husband, but the blessing that she was always wanting: protection, security, etc. And in Ruth chapter 2, verse 12, after Boaz had observed her good service, and, very interestingly, godly character, her pray- his prayer to God for her was, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And God did not let such a prayer fall to the ground, but instead, he made sure that Ruth now became the great-grandmother of David, and of course, Jesus Christ, after a very long lineage, came through David and through Ruth. If you, of course read Revelation chapter five, verse five, Lion of the tribe of Judah. In Isaiah chapter forty-two, verse sixteen, God Himself had stated, "I will bring the blind by a way they knew not; I will lead them in paths they have not known." I will make darkness light before them, and crooked paths straight. These things will I do unto them, and will not forsake them. In Job chapter 33, and verses 27 and 28, God had also stated, And if any say, I have sinned, and perverted that which was right, and it profiteth me not, he shall deliver his soul from going into the pit, and his life shall see this light. And this acknowledgement and what God does with it was explained in my video, The Baby Steps to Repentance, as a sequel to my first video on repentance, Why Should We Repent? And you can check that out for details on how acknowledging our sins works and what God does to such ones. If it's wisdom that we're looking for, the wisdom of God, to help build our base, raise our families properly in the fear of God, God also does not forget about such ones. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given We have to understand the fact that God does not forget about people who yearn for wisdom, yearn for knowledge, understanding, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, to act within them so that they can worship God in truth. Those are the kinds of people that God wants in the first place. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he will give grace uh, unto the lowly. If we read that Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, he giveth grace to the lowly. We have to understand the fact that when we decide to yearn for God's principles, we will find grace in God's sight. The way Moses was praying to God to find grace in God's sight. If we read Exodus chapter 34 and verses 9. I hope this makes sense to all of you viewers. But there is a selection of people who the grace of God will not come to, and those are people who count themselves out of the situation. I go back to that Ruth story. Ruth was very persistent, like I explained previously, but Orp had just counted herself out of it, and as the story says in verses 14 and 15 of Ruth chapter 1, she went back to her old gods, the gods that she would have ideally left if she went with Naomi and Ruth. Instead, she went back to them, her families, their traditions, and probably even her happiness, too. Those are people who counted themselves out of the grace of God. You saw how Ruth ended up being blessed by marrying Boaz, and Boaz ended up being through the lineage that came to David, and David to Jesus. Orp had missed out on all of that, and we never heard anything about her again, her, or anything that happened to her, or any blessing that she might have gotten, because she counted herself out of the grace of God. Pharaoh had done the same, because the gospel message was being preached by Moses to Pharaoh. Let these people go, and God is not going to do anything with you. Of course, like I usually say, not many kings, not many people have the opportunity to hear such things. But then Pharaoh was like, who is the Lord that I should obey him? Who is this nonsense doctrine that you're talking about? And we saw that his End wasn't good. That statement of his in Exodus chapter five and verses one and two, doubting the existence of the Lord, the power of the Lord, he ended up seeing that that was all wrong. Even the magicians and the sorcerers who were formerly on his side were like, "This is the finger of God." In Exodus chapter eight, verse nineteen, but they really suffered, and they come came to understand the fact that God is real. And people who have His grace are going to be blessed, and people who count themselves out Are going to be punished. When people count themselves out, God gives them delusion to further the punishment and so that they can cook the punishment with their own hands. If we read Isaiah chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 from verses 1 straight down to verse 12, and in Matthew chapter 13 from verses 10 to 16, we see the same idea. God did not give His grace to certain people because he do not want them to repent because he wants to have all abilities without any excuses of any kind to deliver his own side so that he can laugh without a prick of conscience. If read Proverbs chapter 1 from verses 24 to 30, anybody who counts themselves out of the grace of God, such people will not be able to inherit any blessings from the grace of God. I hope we now understand what the grace of God means and generally what God does with it. But if we have the grace of God and we fail it, what happens to us? Well, of course, I'm going to review such things as well, because Zedekiah is a good example of this. In Jeremiah chapter 38, from verses 14 to 28, he got the grace that few kings got, and that was to hear his faith. But when he was stubborn, it was like, eh. The grace of God is preaching, let me go and do what I want, and let me see what God is going to do to me with Nebuchadnezzar. And because of that, his two eyes were plucked out. But before that happened, he got to see all his children, all his wives, and pretty much anybody else that was related to him, killed and slaughtered before him. It was really ridiculous, and honestly, it teaches us to not necessarily fail the grace of God. King Jeroboam did the same in 1 Kings chapter 12, from verses 26 to 33. The grace of God came to him in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 38, where God told him, If you obey me, if you keep my commandments, hearken unto my voice, you are going to be established on this throne which I have taken from Solomon for the most part forever, but because he failed the grace of God, we do not know him as somebody who was established on a throne forever, but we only know him for one thing, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel. So that was a very famous proverb among the books of the Kings and Chronicles, which were kind of repeats of the books of the Kings. I hope we now understand what the grace of God means in all its parts and in all. Forms. When we have the grace of God and the appliance, the blessings that come were talked about in Matthew chapter 11, from verses 28 to 30, coming unto Him and the reward. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give thee rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Onto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in Titus chapter 2, from verses 11 to 14, to conclude, St. Paul had stated, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and to refine unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works." I intend to go no further on discussing the subject, the grace of God. To conclude this episode, we are once again going to hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. enjoyed this video hope you learned something most importantly please try to subscribe share this video and click the notification bell if you have to ready to be notified when we make our next videos thank you for listening oh one more thing if you like what you heard today feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor slash It pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor dot fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.